If you had the gift of prophecy, what would you do? There, there are a number of books and movies out there that, that see this ability to be able to tell the future or even go into the future as something that it, it definitely intrigues people. There's a reason why there's so many books and movies about it. If you come from my generation, your main source of experience with, with the future probably comes from one or all three of the movies, Back to the Future, right, where you see Marty McFly going in the past, going into the future, and, and it's something that definitely intrigues people just to think about what life is going to be like in, in 20 years, in 40 years, in, in 100 years here in this world. It amazes me as I walk around in different parts of New York City and, and stumble upon and see a, a fortune teller. And it, it, it boggles my mind that people would actually go there because we, we know that they are either frauds or con artists or using the power of Satan to, to be able to tell people what, what people think to be as the future. So according to God's word, we don't want to go there. And yet, just recently, I, I talked to a woman who said that she, she admitted she, she knew it was the power of Satan, she knew it was wrong, but she went there anyways because she just wanted to know what the future was going to hold for her. You see, my point is that the gift of prophecy is something that is, is cherished. It really is. Today, what if I told you today that you have the gift of prophecy? Today we're going to be focusing on the lesson, the first Old Testament reading that came from the book of Joel. It's on page 5 in your bulletin. It's just a couple of verses. I'd like you to read it. I'd like to read it one more time to you, Um, but it's something that that talks about something that was going to happen in the future. This was written from, as best we can tell, between the years of 800 B.C. and 400 B.C., but it talks about a future time from Joel's perspective, a past time for our perspective. It says this, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This is the word of our Lord. Now notice what it says about about prophecy. It says that there will no longer be just a few prophets, but there will be many prophets. There will not just be a few people dreaming dreams, but many people will be dreaming dreams. It says there won't be just a few people with visions, but many people. And there won't just be a few prophets anymore, but many. Men, women, children, older people, servants, maidservants will have this gift that was only given to a very select few people in those days, like the prophet Joel or the prophet Amos or Hosea or Isaiah, But now everything was going to change. And that day that that they were looking forward to is a day that already for us now is in the past, the day of Pentecost. And the difference seems to be, if you can imagine what it's like when it's just barely sprinkling outside, to a torrential downpour here in New York City. You know what that's like, right? And that's going to be the difference of before Pentecost and after Pentecost. On that day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would pour out his gift on so many different people, this gift of prophecy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
So how do you like, how do you enjoy so far the gift of prophecy? Now a lot of you are thinking to me, Pastor, I, I don't have the gift of prophecy. Well, realize Joel was speaking in Old Testament terms for Old Testament people. When people thought of who the prophets were, they thought, they thought of people who had this special gift from the Holy Spirit, which they did. But you see, you have to understand that a prophet was not just somebody who would foretell the future. In fact, that wasn't typically what they did. A prophet was very specifically someone who had a message from God and a responsibility to tell it to other people. And so for the people in the Old Testament, when they thought of people who had a message from God, they would think of people like Joel or like Amos or Hosea or Isaiah. People, those prophets from the Old Testament that we know of with a message from God and a responsibility to share it with others. So let's use that today as a definition of what a prophet, what prophecy really is. Now do you see how you have the gift of prophecy? You have a message from God and a responsibility to take it out to others. Joe uses the phrase here, afterward and in those days, to talk about this time that was still coming. Pentecost, from our perspective in time, was 2,000 years ago, specifically 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. And as I said, before that time, it was just those few prophets, Joel, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, who had the gift of prophecy. And in the entire span of, of the Old Testament, there's, there's a handful of prophets, really just kind of sprinkled on a few people. If you think about the books of the Old Testament, there's a, a number of them that you can think of, but you think about it in that span of a thousand or more years of, of the writing of the Old Testament, there really weren't that many who we can say were prophets. But all that was going to change after the day of Pentecost. That torrential downpour was going to start, and it hasn't stopped. The torrential downpour of the Holy Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, people were looking forward to the time in which we live now. They were looking forward to the time when, when it wouldn't just be those few people who had the gift of the Spirit, but it would be people who were men, women, young children, old people, maidservants and servants who would have the, the gift of the Spirit someday. They were looking forward to that time. In the book of Numbers, there's uh, Numbers chapter 11, Moses and some of you might remember what happened here is the elders of Israel were given the gift of prophecy for a short period of time. And two of those elders went into the Israelite camp and started to prophesy. And Joshua saw that, got upset, went to Moses and said, there's a couple of people that are prophesying in the camp. You have to stop them. And Moses said this. He said, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. He wanted that gift on the Lord's people. It wouldn't be for another thousand years later when Joel would make this prophecy about the time when that would actually happen, when the Holy Spirit would pour out this gift on people. You see, Pentecost is considered the birthday of the Christian church because on that day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit poured out this gift on all the people, do you realize what happened? 
We're not just talking about tongues of fire on people's head and people speaking in different languages. We're talking about what happened when those people went home. And they shared the message that they heard from Peter, the message of their Savior, with their friends and family in their own country, to their own family, in their own language. And that word of God spread, not by specific select few prophets, but by normal, regular people like you and me, men and women, young children, older people, maid servants and servants. The word of God took off and spread. See, I want you to see that we live in a very unique time period in the history of the world. It's a time period that Moses wanted a time period that Joel only dreamed about, a time period that finally came fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, but the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has not stopped. See, you, have a very, you live in a very unique time period in the history of Christendom for, for this specific reason, that you have the gift of hindsight. You have the ability to open up a book called the Bible, and you can see all the prophecies from the Old Testament, and you can see them fulfilled. You have something very unique and special that that people in the past only dreamed about having. People that, great men of faith like Adam and and Moses and David, wished they could see and understand better what their Savior was going to be like. But you have have the the gift of being able to see this Messiah, not in just some vague, shadow-like form, but you're able to see specifically and hear his parables a person who had an actual personality who lived at a specific moment in time. You can see how those specific prophecies were fulfilled in a real-life way, with specific details behind them all. You live in a very unique time period in the history of the world. And so your faith is just unique in a different way that you are able to speak clearly and specific about your faith. On top of that, realize, too, that that you live in a unique time period and that you are able to have a Bible. Do you know how unique that is? And and if you don't have a Bible, you can go to the Christian bookstore and buy one for just $10, and you read it in your own language. It's not just the rich who have Bibles anymore. You can have one. You do have them, and you can read them. This is all part of what, what Joel was prophesying was going to happen at that time when he would pour out his gift on people so that people like you and me, normal people, see, I'm not speaking to a group of pastors and priests. I'm speaking to normal people, men and women, young children, older people. We're now able to use the gift of prophecy that you have been given, a message that's been given to you so that you can then take it on to others. See, it's a gift that should be cherished because you are spiritually rich. You really are. There is a, there's a, a new show that I have to admit I've never seen. It's on E! Entertainment Channel called Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. And I don't think I even need to see the show to know what it's about. I think you can all imagine what it's about. I'm sure it's a, a number of very wealthy teenagers who are probably squandering their wealth and taking for granted this incredible gift that they have, money, right? Well, I think in a a lot of ways that's us too. 
we are spiritually rich. And we have been given such a great gift. And I think at times we don't understand how great of gift we have. And you might be thinking to yourself as you think about the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have. Well, Pastor, I don't have flames of tongue or tongues of flame over my head. I don't speak in tongues. I don't see visions. I don't dream dreams of any significance anyways. I don't feel like I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't even feel sometimes like my faith is all that strong. And I definitely don't feel always prepared to share my faith with other people. In fact, a lot of times I don't even have the guts to do it. You don't feel like you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't feel prepared to share this great gift that you've been given. You see, just like a prophet who have a message from God and a responsibility to share, so do we. And we could so easily take for granted that message, that, that gift that we've been given. When we don't see feeding our children with God's word as the main priority in our life. When we don't see feeding ourselves with God's word as the main priority in our life. When we work and, and live with people who are either struggling in faith or who don't have any faith at all and we don't look for ways that we can share our faith with them. See, first and foremost, the gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to you is faith. Is not just a bunch of facts that was thrown in your head about what happened in the past, but it's first and foremost the forgiveness of your sins. That's what the Holy Spirit gives to you. And you see, you have the promise of the forgiveness of sins, whether you always appreciate it or not, whether you take it for granted once in a while or not, you have the forgiveness of sins. It's yours. And the Holy Spirit, what he does with with the faith that you've been given, is it doesn't just let you think about what happened in the past, about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, but it connects you to what he did in the past with his life, death, and resurrection. So you can be sure that you have forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit now today pours out daily that torrential downpour of everything that Jesus won for you on the cross so that you can be sure that you have the forgiveness of sins. It's like we have a a rich father who just continues to give and give and give what we have. But the gift of the Holy Spirit doesn't only offer the forgiveness of sins. You see, it, it also equips us. It equips us to be placed into His service and to use the gift that He has given to us. You see, to give you confidence, let me simply reiterate something that I was, that I was saying before. You live at a very unique time in the history of the world when people in the past, prophets and kings, wish they would have what you have. You live at a time when people who we call great men of faith would have loved to have the clarity of prophecy fulfilled that we can see when we open simply up to the pages of God's Word. And the faith that you have really is a very mature faith so that you can share with clarity to other people the the very simple truths, simple that we call, simple truths of what your Savior did for you. You live in a very unique time in the history of the world and you have an incredible opportunity to take that faith that you've been given, that gift of the Holy Spirit, and be a prophet. 
as we see the responsibility he has been given us to go to others and share that message to so many. So as a, as a final application, I just want you to consider for a moment how you can use the gift of prophecy, the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have. The first one is use it on yourself. That is, Pastor Tim and I have talked very often about the importance of being in God's Word at home. And I know that many of you struggle with it. Many of you are are hit and miss when it comes to your, your daily devotions at home, but continue to struggle with it. Continue to find something good in your own life that you can continue to read and and grow in. That gift of the Holy Spirit that you have been given, it's kind of like if you can imagine a a person who is just naturally gifted in in athletics. Very fast. We would consider it a waste if that person who is naturally gifted didn't continue to exercise and, and try to grow in that gift, right? The same thing for us who have been given the gift of the Spirit. We want to continue to grow in our knowledge and in our faith of God's Word. The next thing is, use it on your kids. That here at this church, we are able to provide one hour, two hours of God's Word for your children. We are meant only to be a supplement to what you're already doing at home for your children. And so I I ask of you to, to look for good materials for your kids to use for you to use for your kids, to teach them about God's truth. Remember, you are a prophet, right? A person who has been entrusted with God's word and a responsibility to share it with others, and the number one priority is going to be for your children, right? To share it with them. And then finally, use it on others. You have numerous opportunities, numerous contacts with people with whom you work, with friends who need God's word, whether they know it or not. And you have so many different opportunities to share that word with them. If, if nothing else, from an invitation to come to church, an invitation to meet with your pastor, an invitation to go to a Bible study, or you can even share with yourselves that truth that you have. You may feel unprepared, but you're not. You really aren't. God has given you an incredible gift to, to know what your Savior in very specific details did for you. We've been given a great responsibility, a great gift to be able to share it with others. So cherish the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. I want to confess our faith. We want to confess our faith together on page nine. Uh, what, we, what I've printed today is something that's not typical, but it's something that comes from uh, the third article of the Apostles' Creed and its meaning from Luther's small catechism. It's something that focuses more specifically on, on the Holy Spirit. I thought it would be a good thing to, to go through today with all of you. So let's begin. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 